What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kebo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Monday, August 12th. Hope all you guys have had a great weekend. Hope all you guys start off your week great, man. Keep grinding, keep being positive, keep striving for greatness, man. And just keep looking forward. Don't worry about what happened or what's in the past. Just keep being progressive and doing the best that you can do each and every day for yourself, for your family, and for the rest of your loved ones. With that being said, Today, I want to come at you guys and talk about three highly touted hoopers that have been pretty much offered by all the schools in the country, but they have recently cut down their list. The first player we'll talk about has cut down his list to a list of seven. The second one has cut his list to six, and the last one cut his list to five schools today. So let's talk about the first one. The first one I've talked about a couple times on this podcast, and he goes by the name of Zaire Williams. If you don't know who Zaire Williams is, he is a 6'8 small forward. He's from Lancaster, California. Shout out to the Antelope Valley. I actually went to high school up there in Palmdale. It is the same place that Paul George is from. And it's funny because Zaire Williams' game, how he hoops, reminds me just of Paul George. And they're literally from the same exact area for the most part. But Zaire Williams, if you don't know, just recently transferred from Notre Dame High School, which is a school in the Valley of L.A., um, transferred over to Sierra Canyon and Chatsworth, which is over by Six Flags and stuff like that. But Zaire Williams, man, is a really incredible basketball player. He can score from anywhere on the floor, really good size and height and length, really good lanky arms, really knows how to move his feet defensively, does a little bit of everything on the court, really, really versatile player. And whatever school he goes to, He's going to be the number one option no matter what. He's going to be what coaches run their plays and drop their plays for him to score because he is that talented. He is really that good. So let's get into his final seven schools. So the first school is North Carolina, who are the favorites. Um, then you have Duke, the rivals down on Tobacco Road. USC, the hometown school. UCLA, another school close to home. Oregon, Stanford, and Arizona. So what we do know for a fact is Zaire Williams is either going to be playing his college ball in the ACC for the two top Blue Blood schools, or he's going to be playing in the Pac-12 for who knows what school. But the favorites to land him are North Carolina or Stanford. So let's get into both those schools first. So North Carolina, Roy Williams, we know, historic Hall of Fame coach, one of the legends, you know, he's built or, you know, he's made North Carolina, you know, he's kept it on track to being one of the best college programs, college basketball programs out there. He's turned North Carolina into a better school. He's done a lot of things. And if he got Zaire Williams, it would honestly be another one-and-done player to have come through North Carolina. And Zaire Williams could honestly make a case, if he does go to Carolina, to be one of the best one-and-done players to ever walk through Chapel Hill, to be honest with you. I'm just saying. And Carolina has had a lot of really good one-and-done players. But if Zaire Williams were to go there, he'd be a real game-changer. So that's North Carolina. Then you had Stanford. So Stanford, they're getting ready to have fourth-year head coach um, Jared Haas. I believe is how you say his name. Jared Haas, Coach Haas. Um, hasn't had a lot of success. We know Stanford isn't really known for their basketball. They're more known as an academic inst institution. So if Zaire Williams were to go there, he would be a game-changer because Stanford doesn't really have a lot of success on the court, but they have gotten some really good players when it comes to recruiting from Dejon Davis, Reed Travis. Um, this past year, they just had Casey Akpala. They've had some good players, but they just haven't been able to put it all together and, and necessarily, you know, translate that to winning onto the court. So if they can do that, though, 
they have a really good shot at landing Zaire Williams. And and they already do because Zaire Williams and his family, they take grades and they take school very seriously. And I think he said, like, if he has anything, uh, if he has a C or a lower, his parents do not let him hoop at all. Like, they cut it all off. He has to get his grades up. So they really like Stanford. The family, they've um, the Stanford family has been recruiting him for a very long time, very close to his family. And it seems like Stanford is in a very good position to get Zaire Williams. I think Carolina's the favorite, but that's just me personally. I think he wants to go to a hoop school. I don't think he wants to compete in the NCAA tournament and get better and just be a one and done type prospect. But I would not be I would not be shocked at all if he decided to choose Stanford. So that's Stanford, North Carolina. Then you have Duke. Now Duke has actually came um into the recruiting process late because he actually visited North Carolina on an unofficial visit on October 12th of last year in 2018. And he visited Stanford two years, almost two years ago on November 11, 2017. So he's unofficially visited both those campuses. Duke has just recently came into the recruiting scene of trying to get Zaire Williams. They know he's one of the best players in America, regardless of class. They know he's a special type of talent. And Coach K really, really is trying to recruit Zaire Williams hard. And he definitely wants him to go out there and visit the Blue Devils in Durham. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, you can never sleep on Coach K. He's a hell of a recruiter. Obviously, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time, regardless of, you know, stature or you know, NBA, whatever, regardless of level. So it's going to be interesting to see for that from that perspective. But as I already said, I think Carolina ends up being the favorite and he ends up winding up in Chapel Hill. But we'll see. You can never sleep on Coach K because he's one hell of a recruiter and an excellent recruiter at that. Then you have, let's talk about the LA school. So you have USC first. Now, Andy Enfield, like Stanford, hasn't had the most success on the court, but he does get a lot of good recruits. USC had a really, really strong 2019 recruiting class. They got a really good nucleus of kids. They just recently got the number one player in the nation, Evan Mobley, committed there. So that's also intriguing. If Zaire wanted to end up going, Zaire ended up wanting to play for USC. So that's it's some components to that. Obviously, close to home, his parents wouldn't have to make such a far drive to get down and watch his games. I, Me, myself, I like to watch him play for USC because I live literally five minutes away from USC, and it would be fun to watch him play um, in the Galen Center and playing for the Trojans in the Pac-12, but we'll see if it ends up happening. I, would, you know, I wouldn't be shocked because you know kids love to stay home. They love to be close to home, and all that plays a part at the end of the day, but we'll see. Then you have UCLA. UCLA is also interesting, too, because we have not seen Mick Cronin coach a game. We don't know what his playing style is going to be like. Um, coming from Cincinnati in the AAC, he's definitely going to translate his game a little bit, but I think he's going to pick up some new things to put into in the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 and the AAC are just two different types of conferences. He might keep up the same type of defense. He plays an aggressive style of defense. He likes the pressure and all that type of stuff, but we don't necessarily know what he's going to do offensively yet. We've seen he's had players like Jerron Cumberland, who he let us do whatever he wanted to offensively. So, you know, Zaire Williams can look at that and debate if he wants to end up doing that for UCLA. But UCLA has a lot of talent, too. That's the thing, too. Just like USC, they were they recruited really well under Coach Steve Alford, but they didn't really get the necessary results that they should have got, you know, in the tournament or even in the Pac-12 you know, regular season or in the Pac-12 tournament. They just, they got to start winning when they got to get back to their old winning ways. Not necessarily what John Wooden was doing because John Wooden, obviously one of the greatest coaches of all time, but just get back to having a winning tradition. And hopefully Mick Cronin is the coach to do that. You know, I wasn't a fan of his hiring at first, but I think it's a good chance that he can start to get UCLA back to being more of a basketball school instead of just being a football school in a good academic institution. So that's UCLA. 
Then staying in the Pac-12, you have Oregon. Now, Oregon, kids always love Oregon because, one, Oregon is tied to Nike. And if you don't know, Zaire Williams just played this past offseason um, in the AAU circuit with the Oakland Soldiers. Um, before that, he was always playing with Team BTI, which isn't really um, a shoe circuit AAU team, but they're always really good. They're always a really good SoCal team, do a really good job. But um, Oregon, you know, kids just love the apparel. Kids love the shoes. They got a really good close ties with Phil Knight, who went to Oregon. I believe he ran track at Oregon. And so, you know, it's always that affiliation. But Dana Altman has done a good job recruiting and winning games, too. You know, Oregon, if they would have had Bobo this past season, I guarantee you they would have went much farther in the tournament. I believe they lost in the second round to the eventual national champions, Virginia. But, you know, regardless, they were in the Final Four in, what, 2016. I believe they ended up losing to Gonzaga. You know, they've had some really good players, too. They've had Kenny Wooten just get drafted, Jordan Bell. You know, they've had some really good players. So I would not – I'm not surprised when kids have Oregon in their top of their list because Oregon is just such a good school. You know, more more known – so more so known for basketball – or, excuse me, for football instead of basketball. But Dana Allman has done a really good job. So I do not blame kids for putting Oregon – in their top of their list at all. So that's Oregon. Then you have Stanford. Stanford, already talked about them. They're the favorites. Um, a lot of people think he's going to go there. You know, Jared, Gerard House done a pretty good job. So we'll see with Stanford. Lastly, because I already touched on Stanford a little bit earlier, but that's Arizona. Now, Arizona is another interesting school too because me personally, if, my, if I have a kid that's a five-star recruit, one of the best in the country, and Arizona's recruiting them, I'm saying stay the hell as far away from me as you can because, first of all, Arizona's gotten into a lot of trouble with the FBI thing. They got in trouble with off-campus you know, off campus stuff, and they just had some problems. But I do give Sean Miller credit because, one, he hasn't gotten fired yet, and, two, he's still been able to get really highly tied recruits. They just landed Dalen Terry, who's a 6'7 forward, really good player, played with Compton Magic this uh, in the um, AAU circuit on Adidas. And so they've gotten, they still have good players. They're going to have Nico Mannion this year. They're going to have Josh Green. They're going to have a couple of different players, Zeke Naji. They have really good players. So I like Arizona. You know, Arizona does get some pro prospect. They've had the Stanley Johnsons, the Ronda Hollis Jeffersons. Zaire Williams could be one of those type of players if he does end up going to Arizona. But I don't think he ends up going to Arizona. As I previously stated, the favorites are North Carolina and Stanford. Me personally, I think Zaire Williams will end up going to North Carolina. So that's the first player. Next, we have Jalen Clark. Now, Jalen Clark is from the same area that I'm from. He is a 6'5 shooting guard. He is from Corona, California, which is about an hour east of Los Angeles. I am from Ranch Cucamonga. And if you didn't know, Jalen Clark recently transferred from his high school that he went to for three years, his freshman, sophomore, and junior year, Corona Centennial High School, which is a powerhouse uh, for basketball in SoCal. He recently transferred to another basketball powerhouse in my own city of Ranch Cucamonga, and that is Etiwanda High School. He would play for Clamp City and Coach Dave Kleckner. Shout out to my cousins, Evan and Austin, who both went to Etiwanda and played football. Um, but Etiwanda has produced Darren Collison, Jordan McLaughlin, um, Tony Bland. They've had a whole bunch of really good players come out of Etiwanda, and Jalen Clark is next up. 6'5 shooting guard, really, really good shooting the ball from deep range, can hit from anywhere on the floor, really loves to absorb and take contact. The one thing I love about his game that I really noticed this past summer, his confidence has really gone through the roof. And I think going to Etiwanda, he's going to turn into a much, much more defensive player. He's going to get much, much more college ready for the for the D1 level. And I'm excited to see him. He played with Compton Magic, so he's going to have a lot of ties. But he dropped his top six, and his top six looks like this. You have USC. UCLA, 
TCU, Colorado, Xavier, and New Mexico. So let's break down all schools. So the top six, starting off with USC. Now, USC are the favorites to land Jalen Clark because it's close to home. One, his um, AAU teammate Evan Mobley, who I just talked about on Zaire Williams recruiting, Evan Mobley was his teammate on Compton Maddie, so he has those type of ties close to home. And Andy Enfield has been recruiting him for a very long time. Plus, Andy Enfield already has good ties to Etiwanda because Jordan McLaughlin, who was at Etiwanda for four years, I believe he graduated in 2014 or maybe it was 2015, one of those years, ended up going to Etiwanda. So Etiwanda already has ties to USC, so we'll see how that plays out. Then you have UCLA, who I already spoke about in Zaire Williams recruitment. Obviously, already said it, Mick Cronin, he's starting to get comfortable in the LA area. He's starting to recruit the, you know, the close-to-home kids. We'll see what he can do. Um, so that's UCLA. Then you have TCU now. TCU is interesting because Jamie Dixon has done a pretty good job since he's been down in Fort Worth. Shout out to my pops lives in that area. Um, Jamie Dixon has done a good job recruiting. And I think if he could, if there's a possibility that he can get Jalen Clark, he would be a game changer. He has he's already had a couple good players like um Desmond Bain, you know, um a couple other players. Um Jalen Fisher, who ended up transferring out of there, sadly, but they've had, you know. Uh, Kenrich Williams, they've had really good players, but they just need to get on that winning level and just being consistent and winning in the Big 12 because the Big 12, let's be honest, has been run by Kansas and Bill Self for a while now. But Jamie Dixon has definitely put himself out there as a formidable threat down in Fort Worth, Texas, and that's a really good school if you ask me personally. Then you have Colorado. Now, Colorado is an interesting school too because Colorado is not really known for basketball purposes. Um, they're not, you know, they're not one of the big schools, but they are in the Pac-12. Coach Tad Boyle has done a pretty good job when it comes to recruiting for the Buffs. He does have some good SoCal connections also. He just has to figure out how to consistently win in the Pac-12. That's going to be the next step for Coach Boyle at Colorado and to make himself a formidable threat in the Pac-12 because, you know, the Pac-12 is usually run by the Oregons, the Washingtons, the Arizonas, but Colorado is a pretty good school. They do have some really good players. They've had Ahmad Bay. They've had Evan ba Evan Batty. They've had some really good players. McKinley Wright um, is going to be a really good player for them this upcoming season. They get good players. They just have to put it all together and start to form a consistent winning program. So I do like Colorado as a decent fit for him. Then you have Xavier. Now, Xavier, Travis Steele is the new head coach, has had a really good year one for the Musketeers up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, they lost Chris Mack, but they replaced Travis Steele, or they replaced him with Travis Steele. And I like Travis Steele. He is a very good coach. Xavier is going to be a top three team, probably a top two team in the Big East this upcoming season um, for the Musketeers. Um, they're going to be really good. I like this team a lot. They have a, a lot of really good players from Paul Scruggs. Um, they got a they got a really good team. I'm not gonna name the whole team, but um, they've been recruiting Jalen Clark for a long time now. Um, assistant coach Ben Johnson has been really close to his family for a very long time. He does have an official visit set for Xavier on the weekend, this upcoming weekend of August 16th. He will be visiting Xavier. He'll be flying out to Ohio, so we'll see how that goes. And the Musketeers are definitely in the hunt, so that's also another thing. And then lastly, but not least, we have New Mexico. Now, New Mexico, Paul Weir, the new coach, just coming from New Mexico State a couple years ago. He's been at New Mexico, I want to say, for going on three seasons now, maybe four seasons. Done a pretty good job coaching. The pit is one of the best arenas in all of college basketball. It's a tough place to win at in the Mountain West Conference. The Mountain West Conference is a pretty good conference, too. 
Um, and he's also going to visit there officially on August 30th, which is in a couple weekends. So look, we'll look out for that official visit. But that's also another really good school for basketball. They're in the Mountain West, so they compete versus San Diego State, the Boise State, the Nevadas, and a couple other different schools. And that's a really good school to go to just because they have really good players at New Mexico. They've had some really good teams. Sadly, they lost a couple of their players this upcoming season, but they do have some really good pieces. They lost Vance Jackson, I believe. They still have Jaquan Lyle. They got a couple of different pieces. I, I wish they would have kept Anthony Mathis, but he ended up transferring to Oregon. But New Mexico is a really good school, so we'll see how that goes. It will definitely be interesting, and I like that. But Jalen Clark already stated that he's not really worried about playing close to home or anything like that, so there's no real favorites in his recruitment right now. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. But I do think he ends up staying near home and playing for USC. That is just my prediction. So moving on to the last player I will talk about today, who actually just announced his top five schools literally a little bit, probably over 40 minutes ago. Um, and that is Namari Burnett, who I've also already talked about a couple different times in this podcast. He's a 6'4", I call him a utility guard because a utility guard to me is a guard that literally just goes out and does everything a coach asks of them. Like this dude can shoot from anywhere. He can run the point guard. He can run the shooting guard. He can rebound for you. He does everything. He defends really well. He does everything. That's why I call him a utility guard. He's a real Swiss Army knife. He played this past uh, summer with Team Why Not, which is Russell Westbrook's AU team based out of LA, so Cal. And he's been one of the better players consistently on the circuit. So Namari Burnett is from Chicago. He currently goes to Prolific Prep, which is a prep basketball school up in Napa, California. That's NorCal. So you get to, if you live up in NorCal, you can probably get to see him play or wherever. You know, they travel a lot. They play in a whole bunch of different prestigious high school tournaments throughout the country. So if you look up their schedule, you can honestly probably find a game close to where you guys live. So, um, but he just broke down his top five schools. And the top five looks like this. You have Louisville. You have Alabama, Michigan. Texas Tech in Oregon. So let's break down all these schools. So first you have Louisville. First and foremost, he has already scheduled an official visit to Louisville on the weekend of September 13th through the 15th. So we'll definitely be on the lookout for that. But Chris Mack and company have done a really good job when it comes to recruiting ever since he's been at Louisville. He's going on year two coming from Xavier. He's done a really good job in that aspect. They had a pretty okay year in his year one. But look for Louisville to have a really good year two campaign under Chris Mack because they're going to be really good. They're already, I believe they're going to be ranked in the top five in the nation because they have so many good returners coming back like Jordan Ward, Dwayne Sutton, Stephen Enoch, Darius Perry, Ryan McMahon. I can go on. The freshman, Aiden Iggion, um, Josh Nickelberry. They have a lot of good players returning and coming in. They have a really good nucleus. They're going to be one of the best teams in the country. They might finish number one in the ACC over Duke and Carolina, which would be definitely a crazy thing. But Chris Mack is a really good coach. He's always been one of my favorite coaches in college basketball. And I think Louisville's going to have a really good year. So I do not, I like Louis, you know, Namari Burnett for Louisville because I think he could be an immediate impact type player because they're going to lose a lot of key players from this team. From this upcoming season's team, they're going to lose a lot of those players. And Amari Burnett will be able to come in, play right away, give really quality minutes, and be a really key contributor to Louisville in year one if he does end up going there. So that's Louisville. Then you have Alabama. Now, Alabama are the favorites to get Namari Burnett. And I honestly like the fit for him to Alabama because Nate Oates, who hasn't coached a single game yet, he comes from Buffalo, 
you know, wins a few tournament games, beating Arizona in year one, or DeAndre Ayton in Arizona in year one, shall I say, and then beats Arizona State this past season. Then they lose to the eventual, you know, runner-up in the national championship game, Texas Tech. Then he moves to Bama, like literally the next couple of days in that same week, they lose. He goes to Bama. He makes a transition. He replaces Every Johnson. And at first, I did not like Alabama firing Every Johnson. But then once they, they announced that they're replacing him with such a good coach as Nate Oates, that's honestly a game changer because Nate Oates runs a really fast, high up-tempo NBA-type offense. And that's the perfect offense for Namari Burnett to get in and be able to fit in and really exercise his entire tool bag. Like, they're going to have Kira Lewis, John Petty, and a couple different players come in to Alabama this upcoming season. They're going to be really good. Like, they, I think they have a chance to probably go somewhere around the Sweet 16. But, you know, after that, you know, the next year, if Namari Burnett does end up playing for the Crimson Tide and going down and playing in Tuscaloosa, that would be a really, really good fit. And I think that would be Nate Oates' first big-time recruit to come down and play for the Crimson Tide. And I think it would be a really good fit if you just ask me. I think Alabama's a really good school. I think Nate Oates is going to make Alabama from not only just being a football school, but being a football and a basketball school. I don't necessarily think they're going to start winning a lot of, you know, NCAA championships like, like the football team has, but... I think they can be a consistent Elite Eight type of team year in and year out. And they're going to definitely start competing in the SEC sooner rather than later because Nate Oates is a really, really good coach. So I do like Alabama for Namari Burnett. I honestly think that's a perfect fit in my humble opinion. Then you have Michigan. Now, Michigan is also interesting too. Michigan is a sleeper team in Namari Burnett's recruiting process. We all know Jawan Howard just got hired, Fab Five member, probably one of the most legendary players in the Fab Five. But he has not coached a single game yet. But one thing he does have, he's known Amari Burnett for a very long time. Like, I believe, you know, they're both from Chicago, so he has that type of connection. You know, you go up to Ann Arbor. You know, we got to see how he's going to do in year one. I don't expect him to do a lot because he doesn't have his type of players yet. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what type of offenses he wants to run, to see how his defenses are set. But I think Michigan has a really good chance to get him because, like I said, the Chicago Connect is already there. The relationship has already been formed and built. So they're standing on that. They're steady on that. And like Louisville, he has already made an official visit booked and, and set. Um, and that official visit to Michigan will be September 5th through the 8th. So that is coming up in about a couple of weeks and probably, what, three weeks now. So that's going to be interesting to see his official visit, go up to Ann Arbor, see what the campus is like, see what they're doing up there in Ann Arbor. So I do like Michigan for Namari Burnett. Even though I'm a Michigan State fan, you know I got to be unbiased. I think Michigan will be a good fit for Mr. Burnett. Then you have Texas Tech. Now, Texas Tech. Coming off, like I already said, Chris Beer and company coming off a national championship loss, but a national championship appearance. And ever since then, their recruiting has taken off. Like we all know Chris Beer gets the good, you know, grad transfer like this upcoming season. He's going to have uh, T uh, Chris Clark and TJ Holyfield, but they're going to have some really good freshmen coming in too. Jemias Ramsey should be a one and done player. If he's not a one and done player, he'll definitely be at Texas Tech for two years. And then he'll be off to the NBA, but... Ever since they got to the Final Four and just made their a, a real run in the NCAA tournament, beating my Spartans, Chris Beard and company have done a really good job recruiting. And I think, you know, people are really looking into Texas Tech and taking Texas Tech as a basketball program much more seriously than they have done in years past. And people just love the type of aggressive defense that Chris Beard runs. He plays a really, really hostile, ferocious type of defense. So Texas Tech is also another really good school. And then lastly, again, we have Oregon. I already said Oregon 
really good relationship with Nike. You know, kids love Nike. I believe, you know, I already said um, he doesn't, um, excuse me, they, he hasn't uh, made an official visit to Oregon yet, but I think it will definitely be scheduled and booked after he takes the first of three official visits. So we'll see how that goes. Oregon, he said he has developed a good relationship with the coaching staff. We'll see where it goes. I think it's a chance Oregon could get, you know, even hotter in the recruitment and try and pick up some steam to cover some ground. But at the end of the day, I think the two schools to beat out in Amari Burnett's recruitment are Michigan and Alabama. I don't know which one he's down to yet, but I think those are the top two choices for him. But as I already stated, he has three official visits. You are allowed to take five in your senior year. And that is, um, he has Michigan. I'll say it again. He has Michigan scheduled for the weekend of September 5th through the 8th. He has Louisville official visit set for September 13th through the 15th. And he has an Alabama official visit from September 27th through September 29th. So he is booked and busy for the entire month of September when it comes to official visits. We'll see if eventually he ends up visiting Texas Tech and Oregon. You know, we never know. Some kids really, when they get to visit a campus, some kids commit right there on the spot. But we shall see. I think Michigan and Alabama are the favorites right now. But that is Namari Burnett. So all these players, I expect to be really, really good D1 players. They're going to be an immediate impact type of players. And they go by the names of Zaire Williams. Be on the lookout for him. I think he has a really, really good shot in the NBA one day. Jalen Clark, shout out to him. He's from, he's from the crib, nearby the crib. He's from Corona, but he's going to be playing in my city of Ranch Cucamonga for Etiwanda. I'm definitely going to be checking out some of his high school games. And then you have Namari Burnett, who is a really, really talented player, playing up in NorCal. Hopefully, I might get to see him play a couple of games. He plays with one of the best shooting guards in the nation with Jalen Green. And those are the three players. As always, please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. Shout out to my family at Nuts and Bolts Sports. Go check out their podcast. I am featured on their podcast network. And go check out their articles, man. Shout out to um, Rich Paul, too, who just uh, had the NCAA, you know, amend and go backwards in the rule that they made last week. Um, so I, I might do a podcast on that, but we'll see. But as always, guys, this has been another episode. Ladies and gentlemen, shall I say this has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops podcast. Peace, love, and blessings gone.